I don't know who you are, but welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast. Sit back, relax, and listen about cameras, gear, settings, stories, and all things photography. Join Darren on Ireland's Best Photography Podcast. Let's go. It was Christmas Eve. <laughs> How's it going, boy? Oh, Merry man. Christmas, Merry Christmas, Happy Christmas, and all that malarkey and BS. Yeah, well, we're Christmas Eve now. We've uh, we one last run. Um, hopefully, Santi will come to all the boys and girls around the world. COVID permitting. Absolutely. Hopefully, yeah. Do you know he's got a special one? No, he's got the vaccine to beat all vaccines. He can come out after eight o'clock. <laughs> oh well listen if it's one thing we won't be doing you know tonight christmas eve is uh is out having a few pints after eight o'clock which is unfortunate it's unfortunate i'm not a big drinker myself but you know i think now the fact that this has been going on and we're not allowed you know pubs are closed and restaurants are closed after eight o'clock it kind of puts the want that you do want to be out you know absolutely it's look it's always the way you always want what you can't have and when it's there on your doorstep, you never go to it. But the moment it's taken away, you go, oh, I want to have that. I want to have that. But anyhow, it's like it's like you coming on the podcast. It's been a number of months since you were on. And I wanted you on a number of times. So I'm delighted to get you on here now to catch up over what's been a, an up and down year. So welcome back to the Irish Talkie Podcast, Bernard Garrity. What are you getting on? Yep, man? I'm very good. And thanks very much uh, for having me back on. And, you know, probably unlike other times you have me on, this, I suppose, was me approaching you to come on to talk about some things that, you know, have been mm-hmm. affecting me mm-hmm. over the last few months and not to play the, you know, the poor me game, but actually just, I'd say I can just probably relate to a lot of people. Um, it's probably the most I will open up publicly, um, you know, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I suppose Instagram being the business, Facebook being the business part of it, not a lot of people see the personal and private side of things. So, um, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be something different. Um, and I think, as I say, a lot of people can probably relate to what we will talk about. Um, and hopefully someone so. can take some advice on board and say, OK, well, things aren't too bad. Absolutely. Look, do you know what I mean? When you said to me, let's do a podcast in relation to this, I'd said to you, yeah, absolutely, man, because it's something that, you know, I believe a lot in that we need to talk about more. Uh, as men, particularly, but as human beings. And, you know, coming up to Christmas as well, I mean, it is a joyous occasion, but it's very hard for a lot of people as well. And I think it's something that, you know, we should really kind of delve into the topic at a time right now where a lot of people will be going through different things in their heads on a daily basis. And they're surrounded by all this, I have to be happy, I have to be full of fun, I have to be joyous and stuff like that. But deep down, you know, everybody has their own way of dealing with things. So it's not always the happiest time of the year for everybody. And I think that's why I said, you know what, a good time for us to kind of look back on the year, but also talk about a topic which is mental health and the importance of mental health. And also, I think how photography can help us to overcome some of the challenges that we get on a regular basis. So I was delighted when you had said, you know what, let's do a podcast on this. And I'm delighted now to kind of delve into the overall conversation on it. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, and you know, like, I, I don't want people thinking this is solely going to be a big depressing podcast as well. Like, listen, we all, I think everyone in terms of mental health is always on the spectrum. There's always, you're always just below or above that line um, of happiness or, or you know, sadness, really. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't want people thinking this is this is going to be depressing. I think this is going to, I think, open a lot of eyes up to how I, I feel because, you know, 
daily basis. You get people, you have the life of Riley, you have the best life in the world, you're living the dream job. And it'll probably give people an insight as to what, you know, I go through in my daily life, especially mm-hmm. during a pandemic. And then, you know, like realize then, you know, well, Jesus, I don't feel too bad now having a bad day because the person who gets to travel the world for his job also has bad days. And it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how little money you have, how happy you are, how sad you are. You, everyone just has bad days. And I don't want to zone in too much on, you know, okay, we're always unhappy and this is depressing and stuff. But, you know, it is nice to just open up every now and again and give people a little insight as to what, you know, you or me or or anyone else may go through on a, a daily or a weekly basis. I fully agree with you. And, you know, people who are listening to this, are like you and me. We're no, no one is any way different. You know, we all have different thoughts that go through ahead on a daily basis. And it's about trying to organize those thoughts. I mean, to give you an idea, uh, the average person has 50,000 thoughts per day. 50,000 yeah. thoughts per day. And 98% of that is just brain chatter, you know, the things that you do and you take for granted, but they're thoughts. And if you have to be working your brain on a constant basis and yeah. you're heading in one direction or another direction, like there's two types of stress that people can have. There's distress, which is the negative stress. And there's also you stress, which is a positive stress. And if somebody is constantly in a distressed phase, they brush over the positive, the positivity because they're in a negative phase. If somebody is constantly in a positive, then when they do hit a crash, they crash hard. And I think yeah. that's an important one that we need to you know, really get in from the outset. I mean, what we're going to talk about today, we're not scientists, we're not professors in relation to it. You and I are just two ordinary blokes who have thoughts and think about things in certain ways. And the, the listeners are going to think, I think, very, very similar in relation to that. So I think there's a lot that people can gain from this conversation. Do, do, do you know what? Just something very quick, and it's something I probably didn't include in the little notes for this podcast. And when you're talking about, you know, having like these big highs and you know, the low lows or whatever. Just an example of that is, and it's something I've learned over the past few months, is that I think everyone, when you hit your 30s, it should almost be mandatory that everyone has a counselor or a therapist that they see maybe once a month or once every two months. And the reason I say that is because I've started um, a few months ago. And why I started was to deal with the highs of these almighty trips. You know, mm-hmm. these these trips that your adrenaline is running you're putting all your maximum effort into, you know, your work and your clients and the weather and your conditions and the locations. And I swear to God, Darren, like if I was to come home from, say, the Faroe Islands tonight and I'm talking to you now and I'd be absolutely buzzing tomorrow, I would just be a ball of stress, anxiety, depression and not not necessarily depression, but just a depression, a day of depression. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not it's 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 not a healthy thing to to keep having to have those ups and downs and huge ups and very, very low downs. So, like, if there's one thing I've learned over the past few months is that, you know, when you get into that 30s phase, when you have to start taking jobs serious and you're looking at loans and cars and mortgages and babies and and bills and all this kind of stuff is when you can be at your most vulnerable. And it should literally like literally like a bloody vaccine. You know, it should be something everyone should have on offer at the flick, you know, click of a finger. But we're, we don't, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, that's just something you know, a little bit of insight. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think it's very interesting insight, because if you think about it, like you're going to the Pharaohs as an example, right? You are on a high. Your clients are on a high. You're all feeding off of that. You know, people who do performances, they go on stage. 
they put everything on the stage and after that they, they're spent you know and the following day they're, they're left with a void because you, your endorphin release your serotonin release has gone through an all-time high and all of a sudden you're depleted in relation to it so there's a chemical imbalance in relation to having so much fun that you now want to chase that fun again and i think it's potentially in a way a bit like an addiction because when you have something that you enjoy so much you always are chasing that that high you want to get that high back and when you haven't got that you're left with something you're going Jesus, hang on a second. I've just come back from this amazing trip or I've just had this great night out. Yeah. I should be delighted. But your body is drained because you've actually put so <clears> much <throat> into it. And like when we think about photography and in, in, in like, have you heard of therapeutic photography? Not really, no. As I say, I don't delve too much into the whole mental health aspect and I, I wouldn't definitely wouldn't be an advocate for it. I just try to get on with it and 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 live my own life and and do my own job as best I can. Um, you know, the, the way I look at it is I'm I you know, I'm not an advocate because I'm definitely not an expert in it. I can only share mm-hmm. the feelings I have to hopefully help others. Um, so mm-hmm. in general, mm-hmm. I wouldn't really know much about the science behind it or, or you know, the words or, or anything like that. Well, I'll give you a very simple example. And I guarantee you, you've heard this from some of your clients that have gone in the workshops. I don't mind. It's just good to get out. I don't mind. It's just good to get away for a few days. Yeah. I don't mind. I can switch off. I don't have to think about work. That's therapeutic photography in a way that you're actually able to step away from your day to day, as you say, when you're an adult, all the pressures that you have to be an adult. And you can spend that bit of time, whatever it is, a morning, an afternoon, a couple of days, a week. It's a step away from reality. And that's then where you actually can start seeing things for what they really are, because like those 50,000 thoughts, majority of those, like I say, are brain chatter. They're happening every single day. You're under the pressures of Like, for example, my job, I think about things a lot in my job. And when I go taking photos, I'm not thinking about those. And the problem or the challenge that I had is more than likely right underneath my nose. But I wasn't able to see it because my mind was full of all that chatter that was going on. So there's therapeutic photography in the first instance. The second is take photography aside, getting outdoors, breathing in fresh air, exercise. Exercise is the most powerful thing that we have to keep us fit and healthy, but also to keep our mind fit and healthy. And when you're out and about and you're getting clients that are going on your trips, okay, you're getting amazing conditions. I know we joke, you know, that you sold your soul to the devil because you can always find the sunlight. But that's something which is bringing them even higher. And then you're feeding on that high as well. So when people leave a trip, they've had an amazing time because they've been away from reality. It's like going on a holiday, you know, back to reality. Whoops, there goes gravity. I got to come back to it again. So photography is really, really good to give your head some peace, some quiet, some space to be able to think about things, to line up those thoughts without all the stuff people who are, how how many distractions do you think we have every day? And I know we'll touch touch on it in a moment in relation to social media, right? The, The positives and the negatives in relation to it. But the noise that comes from your phone every single day, Emails, text messages, Snapchats, WhatsApps, Facebook messengers, Facebook notifications, all of these things, they get in the way of having clear thoughts. And do you ever get in a situation where you might be thinking about something and somebody will ring you about something else and all of a sudden you're forgetting what you were doing and you're now going off down that tangent and before you realize it, you were going, Jesus, man, look, I'm after going down four miles, hypothetically speaking, to the right-hand side when I should have only gone a mile to the left to find where I was looking for. So photography allows us to get away from all that, see the wood from the trees, the card and the pun, but then to be able to enjoy that moment. So the camera is a great tool, but I think it's something that, again, you know, have you have you heard that from your clients that have gone on workshops yeah, with you? Ab- absolutely, because 
I always try, so I suppose when you talk about me selling my soul to the devil and, you know, always seeming to find the light, right? It's it's because I set a, I like to set a standard as to where it's not to keep my clients happy, it's to, to, to keep me happy. And mm-hmm. I know that if I'm happy, they will most definitely be happy. And, you know, when I when I spend so much time like looking at the weather and and contemplating decisions and throwing out suggestions and you know the one thing that comes to mind most of the time is most clients turn around and say sure bernard it's great to be out and if we don't get the light sure so be it and it's nice to hear that but still i'm like no 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 we need to go that one step further and we need to get the light or whatever and and sometimes you just don't get it it's just not there but so much yeah i've i've heard that saying and it does give a sense of relief because you can put yourself under fierce pressure to deliver the goods day in day out night in night out you know week in week out all this kind of stuff and then you know if you're if you're in a difficult situation and someone turns around and says that it does give you a little bit of sense of ease and say well you know they are just happy to be out and in nature and and seeing things that they wouldn't necessarily see if they weren't witches so yeah definitely mm-hmm. it's it's been said a lot on trips all right and 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 in general like um for instance i kind of had a little mini kind of bg landscape tours uh, Christmas party um, last week and you know not what some people will think yes I am the accountant I am the photographer I'm the tour guide I'm the <laughs> organizer I'm the PR I'm the marketeer marketeer I'm everything in the business so it wasn't what people are thinking in that is that picture of Pablo Escobar sitting on the swing on his own or standing in the pool on his own <laughs> I did manage to get a good group of clients together and 10 of us went to the Glenmalore Lodge and um you know, we had had the best crack and, and it was it was last Saturday and I said, guys, listen, anyone that wants to come early, we go take a few photos, see what happens and just, you know, have a bit of lunch, a couple of pints, go for a walk, you know, come back, get a shower and then go for dinner and have a few more pints. And I brought them up to some of these really, really, really like, I don't even like using the term, but hidden waterfalls, right? And mm-hmm. um, they were amazing, lovely flow and stuff like that. And you know, it was a very dull day. And on the way back, I'd said, listen, we'll we just get a bit of lunch. And a couple of them said, well, we head out after. And I'm like, sometimes there's just no point. Like, you know, and, you know, a couple of them said, you know, I don't get out that much. And, and I said, I totally understand that. But also it's, it's important not to push just because you are out. Don't feel the need to have to push for an image that might not exist and stuff like that. And they're like, I said, at the end of the day, just look at it this way. You spend two and a half hours at a waterfall you never knew existed. Mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. a successful day and then they're like yeah i suppose actually yeah and then it was just totally relaxed and it yeah. was about enjoying the moment and not enjoying the shot and, and the other side to it too is that you know you've got people that come on their first time tours with you right um they don't know what to expect so they've got a certain level of anxiety let's just say about meeting people new or meeting new people going new places maybe they'll get the conditions they won't know how to take a photo or whatever it might be but you have an, a, a fantastic ability to put people at ease right from the very, very beginning. You're, you're fun, you're jovial for them to keep them and keep them at ease and such like that. And if you think about that, how many people would at the end of a trip go, geez, I was fierce nervous coming out here, but at the end of this, I'm after delighted I came. I'm really, really happy and I can't wait now to go back and do the things that I've learned with you on another occasion in another environment or whatever it may be. So like you've got, a lot of people that would have uh, fears. I mean, I have an acronym for fears, which is false expectations appearing real, right? Um, and 
that is something that can consume people, that they've got a fear of the unknown. But when you're out on a trip and people are there, they're enjoying it. They're forgetting about all the woes that are there. Then all of a sudden they realize, they go, not only did I have fun, but I made friends that I'm going to keep contact with again and again and again. And, and I, that's and, the most important part, really, isn't it? And, and I have some, like, ex- so many examples I could share. And, like, it's, it's crazy, right, the amount of examples I have. So, for instance, you're talking about, you know, clients coming and... Jesus Christ, I could do a full podcast just on this topic alone right right now, right? But I'll, I'll, I'll just throw off a couple there. Um, I found it very hard, right? I found COVID okay, right? The first year and a half of COVID, I found fine. I got to do things I would never do. I got to do bits of construction in my house that I would never get to do, you know, because I would have been so busy or whatever. So um, I just was able to get so much stuff done, be it photos, adventures, just general spend time with family, with the dog, mm-hmm. um, and all that kind of stuff. And I found that fine. But see, when things started to open back up and I went from not seeing anyone to seeing mm-hmm. all of a sudden five people, five people, five people, week in, week out, week in, week out, my anxiety levels were through the roof like never before, like never, I never experienced anything like the past few months. And you know what's so funny? The last few months, I swear to God, since trips started back in August, right? And and everyone, like, as you say, selling the soul to the devil. Like, the best conditions I've seen on every single trip. I've been to Scotland. I've been to, like, Slovenia. Obviously, all over Ireland. Um, uh, what you call it? Lofoten Islands. Like, as Faroe Islands. And every mm-hmm. one of those trips was the best week in those locations I've ever had. Yeah. In, in a continuous yeah. re- week, right? But inside, I'm just not right. But mm-hmm. an example was in the Lofoten Islands, right? I just, in my, inside, I just was not right. Outside, my clients will always see me. What you're seeing now, yeah. how I'm talking, you know, my enthusiasm levels, my work ethic, um, my commitment, you know, th- that will never change. And I can blank it out. You know, I can blank out what's, what's inside and perform. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a great way to be, but it's also not a great way to be because if you blank it out too much, you tend not to talk. But Mm -hmm. I took it upon myself, you know, after, you know, going to counsel and stuff like that, use my experiences and my own anxieties to help settle the nerves of people who are nervous and, you know, unsettled on coming on trips. And one example was a woman in the Lofoten Islands. I'm not going to name her, but, you know, I know she wouldn't mind me, me saying but we just had this kind of moment at a waterfall on the Lofoten Islands where she just became overwhelmed and thought she was the rookie of the group and she thought she was out of her depth and all this kind of stuff. And truth be told, like most people think that other, mm-hmm. they think they're the rookie or they think they're out of their depth. But the reality is like, you know, they, they, they can brush it off very easily and settle very easily. But she found it hard to settle. And this is going to be mad now. And a lot of people won't believe this, but I said to her, listen, let's just call her. Mary, right? Her name is not Mary, but mm-hmm. I said, Mary, listen, like at the end of the day, you know, do you have a job? Yeah. Is it stressful? Yeah. You know, do you have a car? Yeah. Do you ever have car trouble? And she says, yeah. And you know, does that stress you? Yeah. Do you have family? Yeah. Does that stress you? Well, yes. And I was like, did you buy a camera to be stressed? And she said, mm-hmm. no, I bought it to de-stress. And I was like, well, this is where we just, from now on, we just let this be the de- let the camera be the de stressor. If you get a shot, you get a shot. If you don't, you don't. And she goes, "You're right. You know, we are out. You know, in the nature and all that kind of stuff. And and it's amazing. There's amazing waterfall. And there's snow and 
you know, inside I couldn't be happier, but I'm just struggling a little bit outside. And I said, Mary, as I say, not a real name, just let one let you in on a little secret that you would have no clue about and none of the group would have a notion about. So where we stay in the Lafortan Islands are these famous red cabins and they've lovely boardwalks along the fjord and stuff like that. And one of the nights, I just wasn't feeling myself. We'd come back from an amazing day of, of snow and light and pink skies and it was amazing, but I just inside wasn't feeling right. And I went for a little stroll in at night when it was dark out along the boardwalk, along mm-hmm. the fjord, and I just start crying. I just start mm-hmm. crying. Okay. Like for no real reason, only I just felt I needed to get it out. And I told her this and you want to see her face, like her face dropped and she couldn't believe it. And I said, that's what's going on in my in, inside of me, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. Don't feel bad to be feeling out of your depth or feeling like a rookie or a, a novice or a beginner. Like we all have our little demons. We all, you know, we can't function at 100% all the time inside and out. So I said, just know that like I'm having the same problems, you know, as mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. just in different ways. And it gets me down and stuff like that. And, you know, from that, the last five days of that trip, she was just like a different person, but mm-hmm. also in a real nice way because she was asking me, Every, you know, every few hours, how are you feeling now, Bernard? And I'm like, don't be worrying about me. I'm fine. And trust me, what I told you, if I can tell you that, if anything else is wrong with me, I can tell you, no problem at all. But we'll just worry about you. Make sure you have that time of your life that you're not coming home stressed, that you're coming home relaxed. And she did. She came home really relaxed. And she just really enjoyed the trip so much, you know. Um, But just one more very quick. And, And recently when I was in the Isle of Skye, so after that Lofoten trip, right, I was doing, going to do uh, um, Venice with Rohan Riley. Now, I was home mm-hmm. from Lofoten. I had one full day at home in Ireland and then was gone to Venice again with him. Now, up until okay. 8 o'clock the morning I was going to Venice, I wasn't even going to go. I wasn't even going to go. I just wasn't feeling myself. I just didn't feel I could bring anything to the party. Like, it wasn't my workshop. I was attending a workshop with Rohan. Um, mm-hmm. And... I just was not in the headspace and Adrian and Hannah were going on and there was others going on. And I obviously told Rohan and he said, listen, there's no pressure, but he said, I don't mean to tease you, but the conditions look like they're going to be great with fog. That was a factor as to why I went, but in general, I wasn't going to go. And I just decided last minute to do it. And it was the best decision I ever made. I just wasn't right. My, as in my mom had COVID fairly bad. I hadn't seen her in two months before Lafoten as well. I'd planned on coming from Connemara where I'm living now down to stay in Newbridge in my parents' house to um to spend a couple of days with my mom and dad before Lafoten. But then as I was mm-hmm. on my way down to Newbridge, my dad rings me out of the blue and said, listen, I meant to tell you the other day, but your mom has COVID. And obviously that devastated me fairly quick. And she's fine, like, you know, um, mm-hmm. but obviously I couldn't go and stay. So then mm-hmm. I was halfway to Dublin and I just had no choice but to just get a hotel. And that probably led to all what was going through my head along with other stuff in Lafoten. But, forward and again I wasn't going to go to, to, to Venice all this stuff was just catching up on me and that morning I decided you know, just go and I went and I went and it was the best trip one of the best trips I've ever been on but in Scotland recently I had a guy and this was the delayed Scotland trip as well but one of the guys on it um, really nice guy from Dublin again I won't use his name but I know he wouldn't mind me saying but we'll call him John and myself and John had a little moment at, at, at a nice little waterfall in, in Glencoe on the last day and he says Bernard he says you know, he says, it's been a tough year with COVID. I lost my brother who had problems, but, you know, eventually COVID killed him off, you know. Um, and he oh. says, it was a tough year. And 
you know, I, I was very close to my brother and, you know, in September I said to myself, you know, I said to the wife, says, I'm not going to go. I'm going to tell him I'm not going to go. And the wife said, wait and see how you feel, wait and see how you feel. And October came and he still wasn't up for it. And the wife said, just go, John, just mm-hmm. go. And he eventually, he came on the trip in November anyway. And, and, and this moment we had on the last day, he was just like, it was the best decision I ever made. He says, I've never experienced anything like this trip. I've never experienced anything like the conditions, the light, the snow, the water, um, everything, the atmosphere, like the atmosphere was just absolutely unbelievable on that trip. And I said, the way to look at it, John, is, you know, when you feel like you don't want to do something, try and do it anyway, just do it anyway, you know, because it's like the gym. You don't want to go to the gym, but when you do, you come back, you feel a million dollars and you're glad you went to the gym. So mm-hmm. it's just my mm-hmm. couple of examples of, of just what you'd said there previously. I know it kind of went on a little bit, but, you know, it's probably stuff people can relate to. 100%. And I think, you know, it's interesting you say it. Like you've led, I don't know how many workshops over the years, yet you still had that feeling going on a workshop, which is exactly the same feeling that a lot of people would have for a plethora of reasons. There's not what there's not one reason as to somebody would say, I can't go on a workshop and this is the only one reason. Your mind will build in so many different things as to why you shouldn't go. But the reality of the situation is you should always do things that scare you. And it, you'll always find that, you know, again, 99% of the things that we worry about never happen. But yet we build them up in our head so big. And I think yeah. every everybody has a, a skill set called hindsight. Okay. But we all also have a thing about looking and learning from what's happened in the past. And every person here has been worried about something. And the moment it finished and going, what was I worried about, man? Sure, geez, that was perfect. That was bang on. But you build yourself up to an anxiety level, which can be crippling because you're going, I'm not going to do this. I'm afraid of the unknown or what I'm building something up in my head. But the reality was it was all okay. Yeah. But you have to push yourself in there to do that. And that's where I think that you can actually gain confidence through photography because you can go into something scared shitless and come out the other end and go, do you know what? That was actually great. I've learned yeah. a lot of things there. The challenge though, Bernard, is to keep that feeling. So it's a state of mind that we're in at that point. But if our default state is a lot lower than that, you'll come back down to that level. And then it's hard to reminisce to get back into that state of mind that you were feeling at that one point. And I'll give you a very, very simple example of something, right? Let's say that I said to you, Bernard, I want to go to XYZ company there, okay? I know you're a qualified plumber as an example, right? So just take take the plumbing for a second, right? Yeah. So Bernard, I want to go to this company here. They're looking to do 35 new houses and I want you to be the head guy there to do consulting in relation to all the plumbing for it, okay? So you go, okay, grand job. What's he sending me out for? Sure, I haven't done plumbing in so many years. What if the guy asks me a question about the latest systems? I haven't got a clue. I literally wouldn't I have him, a clue. <laughs> right? And why, like, what if I go out there and I mess it up? I can't go back to Darren and say, Darren, we didn't get this. This was a big contract, et cetera, et cetera. Right? So you're building all this up before you even go in the door. Okay? Mm-hmm. You walk in the door. You're meeting this guy, Michael. And before you meet Michael again, all these things are going through your head at 150 miles an hour. Turns out Michael is sound. Michael is going, Bernard, do you know what, boy? I don't need all the fancy stuff. I want very basic. You got, you got, you got the, the, the contract. You want to come out there, you ring me, go, Darren, great news, boy, we got the contract. I'm going, listen, bang on, come on back here so and we'll start to uh, get things in order, right? You're coming back, you're in the car, you're like, yeah, boy, I got the contract. You're feeling a million dollars, okay? You come back to me and I say to you, Bernard, well done, man. The whole team is there going, cheers, well done, Bernard, all high fives. And I say, Bernard, 
RT are here, they want to do a piece on the new build. I want you to go on the camera. Not a bother, boy. I'm bulletproof. And you'll go on the camera and you'll nail it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, if you went out to Michael and Michael said, listen, thanks very much, but I'm actually looking for something that's more uh, technologically advanced. Sorry about that. You have to know, ring me and tell me that you didn't get the contract. I'll say, listen, look, don't, don't worry about it, man. Come back. Look, Archie here, they want to do a piece. I want you to go on it. Not a chance would yeah. you go on the camera. Now, the reality is you're the same person, but it's the state of mind that you've been in, that high that you've been delivered, which gives you that confidence to yeah. feel bulletproof. Yeah. But you, the, common, the commonality is you, but it's what influenced you from the outside that changes that mindset. And I think that's where... If people go on, on a photography trip, and not even a photography trip, but even getting out with their camera, and they nail that shot. I, I remember I got it that time. It was great. It's hard to remember how they did that the next time until you repeat. You remember, go, I go back to the thing I did with uh, Pod with uh, McSnap. You know, just repeat, repeat, repeat. The more you do something, the easier it becomes. Or, or as But he even, would say, repetition, repetition, repetition. Repetition. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> But it's still saying that you still have the, 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 the innate demon, let's just say, which is the fear and the anxiety of what if I mess up or what if it goes and, wrong? And it's all about the what ifs and the what ifs. And, they're, and they're too big for what they actually are. But this is the thing, like, like and, and you said earlier, like I've, like, I've done probably hundreds of workshops at this stage, like, but every single workshop I do like the nerves inside are incredible. And I think it shows that you care, but it's also not a nice feeling. But every single trip seems to just work out absolutely fine, you know? Um, but it's, it's you know, I think the day you stop kind of being nervous and feeling those butterflies are probably the day you should really give up, you know? Well, that's the thing, like, and look, you know, before we started recording this, you mentioned about going on the, the, the weekend away there with the guys and the folk, the, the, the people in, in, in Wicklow. And I said, you know, did you go shooting? No, I didn't. What you did was you just sat back and you just, you had a moment of mindfulness in reality that you were just taking it in for what it is, calming the mind, calming the breath, you know, breathing in the air that you were there. And I think that's an important one as well, because like how often do we actually stop? Like your life goes fast. You're living in Connemara, which is a, a, a slower pace, let's just say. Yeah. But your life is still going fast. How often in reality have you stopped? Even when the whole COVID thing, as you said, you want to keep busy. I want to keep myself busy. I want to be kept busy doing this. But stopping in the landscape, even for 15 minutes or for 20 minutes and breathe in, get your heart rate down, you know, and actually just take away from the, the, the chaos in life. How did that feel sitting on top of the Land Rover in the middle of Wicklow with all, all the stuff going on, chaos going around the world, but you were in your zone there? Were you still anxious during that time? So the, the funny thing is, right, you know, myself and a few lads and women um, went up to the Glenmore Lodge and one of them was Cal, who's obviously my videographer. And Cal was all, yeah, I'm going, I'm going. And then at about three o'clock, he says, he's not going. He says, he doesn't feel good. He said, he just mm. feels grumpy and he, he he doesn't feel, you know, like, he does. He just doesn't, he, he's just having a bad day. And he said, mm. he's going to leave it. And I said, I actually was very blunt with him because I knew, I knew what I was doing. I wasn't being an arsehole, but I said, Cal, get your arse up here. He says, get yeah. your arse up here. And I said, if someone wanted a video recording done and you had a bad day, would you cancel? And next thing, an hour and a half later, Cal arrives up, right? And I was blunt because I knew, I know Cal, I know what he's like, but I also know that he will not regret it. And he came mm -hmm. up, turns out him and Declan, 210 euros in five hours just on drink, right? <laughs> in five hours, right? So they had, they, the two lads had a great time and I had this idea to um, 
to when we were finished, right? They were because they were all right. They were dealing with the drink all right. I says to the rest of them, "We need to get these lads out into the fresh air. We need to get them out to the fresh air." And next thing, so we got out. We said we go out and have a bit of fresh air, have a drink outside, real calm night. And I said the boys weren't out five minutes and they were doing cartwheels and tumbles and the tarmac and everything. Yeah, <laughs> so like you know that was great. So the next morning anyway, we didn't check out till twelve o'clock, and by the time we got on the road, it was one o'clock. So I didn't drink a massive amount, but the lads would have obviously been by that time were, were were fine because they would have been in bed since one o'clock as well because the pubs couldn't stay open past twelve. Yeah, yeah. So I says to Cal, "Come on, we're going to Lara. Follow me. We'll go into Lara and we'll get a coffee." And then I said, "We'll drive up to the trally, Sally Gap, turn right at the Sally Gap." And go to Loch Tay and sit there for half an hour. So I had this idea of getting up towards the top of Loch Tay. And I said, I said, you know what, Cal? I says, we'll park up here on the flat, but we'll actually get up onto the defender, up onto the roof rack of the defender, and just sit there and enjoy it all. And he was like, oh, that's a class idea. And it was like three and a half hours till sunset. And we got up there. The sun was splitting the stones, sitting on the roof rack, looking down at the, the Loch Tay, the Guinness Lake, and the Lugala across the road, the mountain sun splitting the trees, blue skies. And then within that three and a half hours, this cloud inversion came in and the lake was below the cloud and the mountains were above the cloud. And the sun was above the cloud. We were above the cloud. But for three and a half hours, we sat there and we actually were sitting there beside each other. And, you know, I says, how do you feel now? And he goes, oh man, like, you know, I'm so glad I came up and this just tops it all off, you know? Mm. And that's what mm. it's about. It's just, you know, not just you know, not just making sure you're okay, but actually just making sure, and all the lads will tell you, and you would, you know, sure, listen, I've talked to you plenty of times, but just, mm -hmm. you know, even though it's important to look after number one, but just sometimes give an old buddy a little boost or a little, literally a boot up the hole sometime because mm -hmm. he might think you're being harsh, you know, at the time, but the next day or, 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 or two days later, he'll be thanking you. And, and that's what it's all about. And we sat there for three and a half hours and I swear to God, not one bit of anxiety, not one bit of thought about COVID or travel, you know, or, or restrictions. And, and it was just amazing, you know? Mm, absolutely. And, you know, we touched on something there a moment ago. And what I'll do, I suppose, is I want to go into this topic and in, in two ways, right? Um, Like you were able to contact all the guys and such like that um, through the friendships that you've made from them and going on uh, workshops and stuff with you, right? So they would have come across your business and i would have come across these stories as you guys sitting on top of the defender the guys doing the cartwheels and everything else <clears> through something which we all have in our pocket all day long which is social media right now social media and i know you're an advocate in relation to people complain about social media all the time but okay it's free it is free absolutely it's a great avenue to be able to get the message out there of what you're doing it's a great way to meet new people it's a great way to meet friends and stuff like that but what i wanted to discuss on social media is the potential there as well for it to add to people's anxiety because there's a again we mentioned a second going endorphin release right so people put up a picture on social media and all they're craving believe it or not is that little red thing to, to appear for the likes by the way there's a reason why they're all red because red has a psychological effect which is attention or danger or action and it's forcing you to look in relation to these notifications so they, there's not, it's not coincidence that they're not yellow or they're not blue or whatever it may be right so if somebody is going on social media and they're not getting the response that they wanted to get, so they're putting something up just purely for that, you know, that, that, that kick that comes back in it, that can have a huge negative effect as well because you're not getting what you're looking for. So all of a sudden now you start thinking, I'm not as good as I thought I was. I'm not as good as I was in my last photo that I put up there. I'm not as good. Maybe I should stop doing what I'm doing. Maybe I should stop sharing. What, well, 
you're doing what you're doing. It just so happens that you're sharing it through that medium of social media. And I think that's something where like, we could have a podcast. Myself and Dermot did it back in the day in relation to you know, the, the, the weaknesses that are there on social media. But I think in general, there's a huge amount to be responsible in social media and how it can add and fuel the anxiety or the confidence or the false confidence for that matter too. How many times out there are people just flooded with, that's a great shot, well done, big hats off to you. That's brilliant, absolutely. But it that's that's about building up something which is not a, not a reality. And then all of a sudden, if they stop commenting and stuff and it comes to the normal, then somebody still thinks that they're not good enough. So I think there's a, there's a lot to be said in relation to what social media can bring in strengths, but also from a weaknesses point of view. What's your thoughts on that? <sighs> to be honest, uh, and, and I've got to be very blunt, I've no time for that complaining about social media. Generally, the ones that complain about it are the bloody serial, bloody, you know, they're, they're the ones doing what they're complaining about. And mm-hmm. it's like the man giving out about being stuck in traffic while he's stuck in traffic. You know, he is traffic. <laughs> like, just social, as I say, right? Like, there's not once you're going to see me complain about social media, right? Now, number one is it's free, right? So, if you don't like it, get off it. Number two, complaining about social media on social media. How stupid is that, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. I probably have, fr- mm-hmm. I've, I'm definitely have friends who've complained about it. And I'm just like, yeah, I've got to be drunk with you too. Just cop on, you know, like mm-hmm. then yeah. you have these ones taking a break. I'm like, you taking a break from social media is like, you know, say doing you know, 10 lines of cocaine a week, <laughs> you know? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, the old cocaine's getting, you know, it's having a bad effect on me. I'm going to stay off it now for a month, you know, to, to cool myself down and to, to, to to straighten myself up and then going back on it a month later and it's just the same cycle. Or, or going on social media to tell people that you're taking a break from social media. Why? Just take a break. You're doing it for yourself. Listen. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna ring up the drug dealer and go, listen, I'm not gonna do that cocaine anymore there. Don't be ringing me <laughs> out all I really don't want to like you just but, go off it like do you know well, like if like personally me, right? I could go a day without posting anything, I could go a week or even a month, right? No one will know any different at the end of the day. Right? Simple as that. But, mm-hmm. like, really, if something is having this type of effect on you, that you feel the need to take breaks once a month, twice a week, or twice a month, or, you know, five times or six times a year, it's obviously not good for you. But mm-hmm. the same person mm-hmm. will tell you, don't worry about the followers. Don't worry about the likes. While also commenting on every shot under the sun and liking mm-hmm. every shot under the sun and feeling like the need to share stuff 24-7. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. just either get on with it or get off it. And and mm-hmm. I, I am, and I'm probably, in, in an hour's time when I finish this, I'm probably like, oh, it's probably a bit too harsh. But if you're not happy on social media and social media is not making you happy, just get off it. Simple as that. Like, if you are saying, oh, listen, photography is about getting out and about and, you know, who doesn't matter what how many people like your image. Well, then I'd love to see the amount of people who would, and, and I'm only speaking from a photography perspective as well. People need to ask themselves the question, would I still do photography if it wasn't for social media? Right? Absolutely. Now, I'm probably thankful that I got into photography before I even had a Facebook account set up 
you know, and mm-hmm. it's evolved and now it's my business. But mm-hmm. just the best thing to do is just get out, enjoy all that kind of stuff. And if you need to take a break every now and again from social media, just get off it. Don't come back. Don't tell me you're going off it as well because I really don't care. Same way you mm-hmm. don't care. And it's like the old saying, oh, you know, dozens of people, loads of people have been asking me where I've been the last month. People haven't been asking you. You know, mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm. How have they been asking you? Because you haven't been on social media. Well, well, this too. <laughs> but like, I, I, like, I've never once had someone message me being like, hi, Bernard, I haven't seen you online in three days. What's going on? Or I haven't seen you here in a mm-hmm. week. What's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, not mm-hmm. once mm-hmm. ever because social media is just like the rat race of of traffic and all that kind of stuff and the 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 the, the rush hour in the morning and stuff it's just no one really cares because we're also wrapped up in ourselves and that's the real including me and you um mm-hmm. but i'm just like the best thing the best way i look at social media right is it's helped this is this is from my point of view right for sure um i enjoy social media right i enjoy the interactions i enjoy the crack um it's helped me with my business, right? I, I've, I've never, I've, I don't do sponsor posts and I can still manage to sell out trips, which is fantastic. But mm-hmm. the best part of social media, and I think it's something I never hear mentioned, is say for the likes of last Saturday night, how many of them people would have been there last Saturday night at the BG Landscape Tours Christmas party if we didn't have social media? Exactly. None. Only me. And I would have been Pablo Escobar, you know, in the swim pool or sitting on the swing. (laughs) So, like, no one, like, everyone complains to each other. You know, Bernard complains to Darren about social media and Darren complains back to Bernard about social media. While the two gobshites, Darren Bernard, forget that they're friends through social media. Exactly. I, exactly. And that's, so, that's the thing, Bernard, right? If, if you take social media for what it should be, which is a medium to be able to communicate with other people and not to be what it actually has become, which is that trigger that people will be looking for, which is actually building an anxiety, believe it or not. And some people go, I don't care about social media. Well, if you don't care about social media, why are you constantly checking it to see how often or how many likes your photograph is after getting? If you want to share your image and use it as a depository or sell something on your business, it's there. If people see it, they see I- it. But don't agonize over getting those likes because that's where I think the anxiety can build up even more and, and the negative side of social media. I think it's important as well because you might have some people listening being like, oh, it's well for Bernard not to, to say all this. Way. Sure, doesn't he post stories all the time and stuff? But don't forget, I said I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not the one saying it's terrible, it's bad. Like, Jesus, my screen time pops up all the time. It's like, you have used 43% extra screen time this month. Mm-hmm. Listen, that's just the way life has gone. Between like, you know, like social media apps, news apps, sports, you know, like I've now TV on the bloody phone. So I'm watching Formula One and football, you know, that's just life. You know, that's just the way life has gone. You know, we have the screens now, so we do tend to look. So we're talking, we're looking at the screen, talking to each other now. That's more screen time. Just get on with it. And you know what? Just I would say to people, don't push stuff just for the sake of it. And if anyone is getting into photography or into social media, just don't worry about all that kind of stuff. No one really gives a shit at the end of the day, only you. And mm-hmm. that's that's really the, the fact. And, you know, take good, solid advice from people. Take constructive criticism well. And, like, you know, you'll see people all the time praising each other, praising each other, praising each other. And, you know, if someone comes to me with a shot, I'll tell them, listen, that's nice, but what I would do is blah, 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 blah. There's much more to be gained out of constructive feedback than there is about being told you're great 20 times a day. Um, by the same people mm-hmm. every day as well, by the way. 
Um, so just mm-hmm. go out, enjoy it. Don't push yourself too hard. Don't push yourself to get a shot too hard because you'll only frustrate yourself. And, you know, don't feel the pressures of social media to have to post on social media because even algorithms and features are all a thing of the past. Hashtags, they mean nothing. They mean nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I posted an image from Rohan Riley's workshop uh, there in Venice, a nice long exposure that I love, and it's one of my favorite shots. Got like 230 likes. I just checked it there now specifically to say it here now. But is my life any better or worse? No. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Oh. And you got to look, you have to think about you. You have to think about yourself and not all the other things that the are best, in your. The best so, thing to do, right, is, is you have to look after yourself, right? But just think of social media as not about you. Think of social media about it's being social and think of what has come of it. You've got to know so mm. many people. You've got so much Great. advice and tips off people, you know, so use it. Again, like we, we have so many thoughts every day. And if we have 49,999 or if we won. Um, or if we have 49,999 positive thoughts, one negative mm-hmm. out of 50,000, it's that negative mm-hmm. that creeps in. But just, just, and listen, I, I'm a terrible for not taking my own advice at times that I would give you or give any of the lads or the girls or whatever, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but just, just relax. Don't push photography and use it as a de-stress and use social media as a de-stress as well. It can be done without being stressed. 100%, 100%. Great advice. Bernard, I'm going to take a quick break there, okay? And look, we'll be right back because I want to continue this fascinating conversation. So look, we'll be right back after this. If you're enjoying this episode of the Irish Photography Podcast, why not jump back and listen to the back catalogue we have of episodes where you'll get some great insights from fantastic guests, gear reviews, lots of hints and tips, and above all else, keeping you company while you drive or relax. Thanks very much for listening. Please consider subscribing, leaving a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. You're very welcome back to the Irish Talkie Podcast. So, Bernard, you know, something here is what I think that it's important that we talk about is people's perception versus reality. And, you know, from a male point of view, you always have to be perceived as being strong, as being invincible, as being on top of your game every single day. You know, that you can't have any downtime or you can't feel sad or, you know, like... That's something I think which is a lot of pressure that people put on themselves every single day. I mean, you know, from a mental health point of view, a very good phrase a number of years back is it's okay to be not okay. And I think that's an important one because if you have to be the guy on the stage that always has to perform, then that's not real because we all have down days. We all have off days. What's your thoughts in relation to that? Well, I suppose it probably goes back to what I said earlier. So like, in, in general, Every trip, every single trip I do, and, and uh, Jesus, touch wood, all my clients would agree. Um, I'll always bring my A game in terms of, of how I perform on trips and stuff like that and dealing with weather and certain circumstances and plan A or option A, B, C, all these kind of things. But I just try to use what goes on in my head and I try to, I try to just talk to clients, get to know them. And you know, it's one thing I love about having the bus, right? is that, you know, say, if, you know, from an Irish point of view, an Irish trip, having the bus, you know, allows you to meet these clients at one location. They all jump in with you. And within f- five minutes, there's pure silence. And within an hour, then there's nonstop chit chat. Everyone knows each other's names and they know the dog's name and the, the wife or the husband's. And like, that's a very important part of photography is, is, is chatting and getting talked to the people and stuff like that. And if you're on a trip where you have to follow 
the leader essentially and you have a convoy of cars, you never get to know them other people, right? Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. from from a point of view, just to be able to chat and express opinions or or just exp- just by talking, even no matter what it's about, can help just free up that little bit of, you know, claustrophobicness that's been trapped inside you for days or weeks or whatever. But I just really try to get across, you know, every now and again, if a client brings up a certain point, you know, I just try to use experience that I've gone through to help them feel a bit more at ease. Like, as I say, the same point as earlier is to just, mm-hmm. just really help get to know them a little bit more deeper than just a client or just a, you know, just a participant and get to know them and get to know things about them because they'll appreciate that as well. And they'll become more comfortable. And but, even, but even from you, like you you, you have to be so, the leader, you have to be on point and that's, that's not easy to have so, to perform every day. So I guess where I, like if I'm having a bad day, right, as I say, they'll all get the proper me but inside you have to be right. And that can be found. I get a lot of people say, oh, you know, Bernard, I got so much inspiration from you for this, or I came on this trip with you to be inspired. A lot of people don't realize that they're actually the ones that actually inspire me. Their reactions, their, their actions, um, mm-hmm. their enthusiasms. Like if you're having like the situation with Cal, he was having a bad day, came up, we made sure, hey, Cal, you okay? Do you know what I mean? Just by even throwing in a little joke every now and again, you know, can really help boost someone's self-esteem. And, and same with mine. And and I always encourage people to have the laugh with me and don't be afraid to slag me because it can be the difference between having a bad day and being cheered up rightly with a funny joke and a funny story. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I just think, I just love the reactions. Listen, you have to be an extrovert to do this, mm-hmm. right? There's no doubt about it. I seen that comp stumps, um, page on instagram sharing something earlier and it's this it's this video of and it says it's like introvert trying to do for a week-long photography workshop and it's this guy losing his mind after a couple of days and it's it's fairly funny but i think Mm -hmm. you have to be an extra really if you love this you have to be an extrovert in my opinion but being an extrovert allows you to just be at ease with clients a lot easier because you do tend to open up a bit quicker and you know what, if there's a day where you're just not invincible, because a lot of people think you're always, you're great, you never sleep, you're always on the go, you know, all this kind of stuff. But I tried to get that perception down straight away and say, you know what, Bernard loves to chill. You know, he loves to have a lie on every now and again. He loves to not be taking photos all the time. And by just chatting to people, it just gets rid of most of that, you know, putting myself at ease with them. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, and then what happens is if that's done early for the rest of the trip, it's done and done and done. And you went from, you know, them thinking you're the man and you're always on, on point to, you know, Bernard now, you know, hope everything went all right. And, you know, I hope you're not too tired and, and Jesus safe home and all that kind of stuff, you know, does that, that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. I mean, look, you're kind of, people can see it for the human that you are, as opposed to the machine that they see. Exactly. you know, and I think that's the most important part of it, because look, you know, people by people at the end of the day, we relate to people. And like if somebody can really see that they're on the same page, that they suffer from the same things, like something actually is, you know, motivation is an example. Right. Um, There's two types of motivation. You're either motivated towards something good or away from something bad. And that comes from when we were kids and our parents would say to us, you know, if you do that again, you're not going to get this. Or if you're good, you will get that. 
Whatever way our parents raise us is where we our bias is going towards yep. the dose, right? So somebody, they might be motivated that they want to have the nice house. They're going to work hard to get to the nice house. Another person goes, I have to work hard because I don't want to be living on the street. Yep. It's the same thing as doing it's, the job. It depends where the motivation comes from. Do you know what I mean? When, when, I, when I was younger, when I was about 10, my mom used to smoke. And I actually like really threatened to run away if she didn't quit. Okay. And she's off them over 20 years, <laughs> you know? And I was like, at the start, it was kind of a joke, but I made it very clear. I didn't want to wake up in a house that smelled of smoke again. And, and there, like nearly 25 years later, she's off them. And obviously, you know, maybe it's, I'm surprised she didn't smoke more. So I would run, <laughs> <laughs> but it was obviously a bit, it's the same example. Like it, it, it probably gave her a little bit of motivation because from what she says, she had no intention of quitting, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, with that in mind, and I can go back over the last year there now, you know, I mean, with everything been shut down, you can't go on your workshops. I mean, you've you've lived in, in, in Dingle. You're living in Connemara uh, at the moment. Like, how did you, number one, lose your motivation? Because you did. Um, but how did you gain it back? What, what, what journey did you go through? To be honest, Darren, I probably didn't lose motivation. Um, I did go a long time, especially at the start, without shooting. Mm-hmm. And I was okay with that. And it's something I always tell people. It's something you see a lot of, of, of people say online, especially, um, you know, I haven't picked the camera up in three weeks. I don't know what's wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. You just don't mm-hmm. want to pick the camera up. But there will be a day, and this is what I say about don't force it. Do not force that photography on you. Like, don't force anything. I have a beckon bike that I bought at the start of lockdown there, and I did a lot of cycling the first year and a half. But now I've obviously been away that bit more, so I haven't had the chance. And there's a perfectly good bike worth two and a half grand sitting in there and it's not been used in a few months. But you know what? It's there and I'm not going to force myself to cycle because I've, I've you know, I, I need a little break from traveling and there'll come a time where the bike will be out flat out again, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so just, mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily lose motivation. I just chose, I had other things that I prioritized. You know, I made this little home office. I made this little kind of studio um started the podcast at the time all that kind yeah. of stuff and it just took priority and then just family and and and, and friends of what we could see so um yeah it, it just it just it's about not forcing it to me it's about mm-hmm. just letting mm-hmm. it develop naturally and you know it just came back and just one day it was okay well i don't feel i need to do this this and this and this now you know so i just yeah, the camera was picked up and, you know, at the start of this year, obviously moved down to Dingle, not for inspiration or not for, you know, motivation, but because knowing we were going to go into a lockdown early this year. So I thought, right, yeah. you know what, let's try it for a month while the lockdown is in. And that went on for six months. And it was mm-hmm. actually not like living in COVID times because you were down, I was staying down in Ballyferter, which is so close to all the spots in Dingle. And mm-hmm. it's different down there. It's quiet in the winter anyway. So it was like no pandemic. Um, so then, um, I moved back to Dublin for a few months and, you know, now I decided to come West now in Connemara and I've been here for three or four months now. Um, Mm -hmm. so God knows how long I'll stay here, but I'm living right out in the middle of the mountains. I've got a lovely stove running, you know, heating the whole place and the rads right now. And it's just beautiful. But Mm. again, it's not for motivation. It's kind of partially to see where I would like to maybe settle in the future and, and really lay down the roots. Um, Mm -hmm. so there was no real loss of, of, of motivation, but if, someone is suffering from a loss of motivation. It's just do not push it. If you prefer to go for a hike without a camera, go for a hike without a camera. If you prefer go to go hike. for a cycle, go for a cycle. If you prefer to go for a run, go for a run. Just because p- photography is not top of your list right now doesn't mean it won't be again. 
Uh, absolutely. And I think, look, at the end of the day, if you do something that you enjoy, you get a lot more out of it. If you feel coerced into having to do something, then you feel you know, it's it's pressure that you didn't need in the first place. That said, you know what, I don't want to do this and now I have to go do this. Uh, it's like doing a job that you don't enjoy. You have to go out to get the money to be able to live in the house, but you're not enjoying what you're doing. And then that yeah. becomes the rat race and stuff like that. But like from your point of view and specifically in relation to your business, I mean, you know, your business was shut down. I mean, you, people couldn't you know, come on workshops because you couldn't have any groups. You couldn't go traveling and stuff like that. Financially, that must have been an absolute nightmare from, from your point of view. So, I mean, there's a motivation there to when it comes back, I want to get back out and bring my workshops there. But like, tell me, how did the whole financial system know and the whole thing for the last year affect you? <laughs> Any clients here? Turn off your turn off your your speakers now. <laughs> no, um. So, I suppose the the first part of the pandemic was you know at the start of January. Well, at the end of December, um, last year, I in December nineteen, I bought myself a new bus. I upgraded my mm-hmm. bus. Business was going really well. Um, and you know the the best way to put it is you know obviously I wasn't going paying straight out cash that you were gonna get you know have a business loan out for that or whatever. So, like, I got the pandemic, the PUP, 350 euros, but that 350 euros had to pay for your, your household bills, your, your, mm-hmm. you know, your, your house, your food, yeah. your fuel, all this kind of stuff. The business itself got nothing. And, and that's the sad part. So, long story short is, you know, applying for all these Fox Ireland grants, and actually I pl- applied for so many grants, I got none, right? Wow. Even I'm a business and I'm paying my VAT and my taxes and, you know, bringing people in now the country. And um, one of the reasons I didn't get a grant was because I spent too much time abroad, right? Which I thought, wow. fair enough. But the funny thing is when we opened up but international travel didn't, they were quick to take the PUP back. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. my point mm-hmm. was, okay, so you didn't give me a grant because I'm not in Ireland enough. But now I, I'm only in Ireland and I can't actually leave to do my work. You're still going to take it. So... That was the only financial support I had. And I don't want people feeling sorry for me, by the way, like, you know, things are fine and stuff like that. But in general, you'd, you've, you've all this old money that's left, which you're trying to get off the books now. And, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, just to help you move forward and, and start making a living again. And it, in all that, then you're paying for your bus, you know, um, you're paying for your insurance, your your tax, your um, your phone, your broadband, all those things, um, and and it yeah. does it does yeah. be hard, but like, listen, thankfully, still in 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 a, in a healthy enough position, and you know, very supportive people around me, and very understanding people around me, um, and I think that's that's very important because my dad is a businessman; he knows you know business inside out, and it's probably where I get a little bit of it from. But mm-hmm. yeah, listen, it's not ideal. Um, I thought you know we're here now, Christmas Eve. Obviously, we're recording this few days previous, but. I thought I would have had a lovely week of peace. And and this is to put it into perspective as well. Like I probably have about 300 people waiting to do trips, which is, wow. which is just like, it's great, but it's, mm-hmm. it's obviously a pain as well because you can't do these trips. Yeah. And I thought, right, grand run up to Christmas. I'll have a bit of peace and quiet and, you know, time to be able to just relax a little bit and, um, and, and just chill and enjoy the Christmas. And then all of a sudden you read these emails flooding, flooding in, flooding in. And I four workshops in Norway from mid-January to mid-February. And all of a sudden there's all these flights starting to be canceled, changed. And it's just so much stress. Like, and it's Christmas week. Do you know what I mean? And again, I'm so lucky. Like clients being like, Bernard, listen, you know, it's tough for us all. We want to go. 
we'll go eventually, but we want you to just chill before Christmas now. And it's nice to get that. But this is where the anxiety kicks in. This is where mm. the anxiety. I and, and it's so funny because like my mom, my mom and dad are very hard working, like very hard working. My mom would be like, if you need money, we'll give you money. And I'm like, it's not about the money. Like, this is about anxiety. It's about, you know, um, uncertainty. Whereas my dad would see that side. You know, my mom yeah. just thinks, you know, well, if I gave him a few bob, it would help him. And, and, yeah. and it would, but that's not the issue. The issue mm-hmm. is the uncertainty, the anxiety. It, listen, let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade here. The government, ha- I know they have to bring in restrictions, but the, but the amount of head fucking that's been going on mm. with people's lives is nothing short of fucking disgraceful. Right. And it's I don't ridiculous. like, I don't like cursing like this as well, but I suppose it just get, does get you that bit angry because you have so many people coming out and saying so many different things, you know, and I'm like, why not just have one spokesman? Like you have mm-hmm. Taoiseach's prime minister, or tarnished as health ministers, bloody education ministers. You have Nyack, Neffet, Fekin, so many people. And, and then people within them, you know, groups or parties coming out and they they really don't understand the damage that they're doing to people's health. I'm very lucky. I have got a, like, I've said it time and time again. I'm so lucky to have the people, friends, family around me that I have, right? Mm -hmm. But there's plenty of people out there that don't. And if your mind wanders and wanders and wanders, that's not good. You know, a mind wanders. But again, I'm very thankful for the support I have. And I can pick up and call 20 people at one time and be able to chat. But that's the worst part of it. It's not about the financial part or the not being able to do trips part. It's about this head fucking that's going on um, leading mm-hmm. up the garden path when these, and also like these, oh, we know what you're going through. Pull the other one. Cut your fucking salaries down to 350 yep. a week for a year and a half. Give us yep. what's remaining and see how you find it then. You know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, and the other side to it too is this is that the you say about the uncertainty right and you know the messing with people's heads I mean there's a big big problem coming down the line here not only just from the adult population a mental health pandemic like epidemic huge huge because not only from the adult population but even the younger population and even the kids now even my own kids here you know my kids are five and seven but they know and they've been living in COVID for the last two years they know in relation to that People who have tried to earn a living, you, you go, okay, I can open my door. All right, I'm going to put all this work in to open my door. And all of a sudden, bang, it's shut down because one guy said that we can't do this. And then everybody else takes that advice and it's gone. Like your own point of view, you know, you, and you, and it's important, I think, then you said it as well. You know, you're very lucky that you've got 300 people that are loyal to you and going, Bernard, I'll get there whenever I get there. Don't you panic. But like each time, look at the amount of work you've had to do so, to set up a workshop, get the whole thing organized, book everything, and all of a sudden it's been pulled from the rug underneath you. This is the thing, like, and, you know, just as I say, what happened there this week about all these flights in Norway, right? Now, you know, flights are not my... I do my own flights and everyone else does their own flights, right? They're not included mm-hmm. in trips. But you have people coming at you and at you and at you, and you're there trying to sort out flight alternatives and you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for them. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a like, this is another thing, you know, and oh, I don't know. Listen, if they realize it, like, you know, cause everyone comes, what will we do now? What we do now? And, you know, we can go on Skyscanner and look at different flights, but you do it because you're used to it. You do it because you've done this route so many times. And, and yeah, my dad made a good point and he said, Bernard, at the end of the day, he says, 
there comes a time when you have to look after number one because he says, from what I can see, everything you're doing now is to look after everyone else and put more hardship on yourself. And that's just me. And do you know what the funny thing is? He tells me that. Right? He tells me that. But if he was in the same situation, he would do the very same. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. but that's another, like, it's it's one thing people coming, oh, you know, oh, burn the flights are fucked up and Norwegian Airlines come and saying the flights are fucked up. But it's another thing, me sitting down for hours on end trying to see if there's a way around this. And mm-hmm. just to tell them, mm-hmm. listen, guys, these are the flights you need to book now. You know, mm-hmm. 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 it's just one of those things that you do. It's you're not getting anything from it. You're not getting there's no financial gain for doing this, but it's just the right thing to do, you know, um, and, because and I want these trips to happen, you know. Exactly. And look, I mean, you're looking after your clients. You're letting them know that you're there for them. It's a huge amount of work that you have to do every single time. And as you say, you know, you're getting nothing, not that you should get anything for it, but you're getting nothing for the short term period from a support point of view. It's just that goalpost has been made wider and wider and wider. And in fact, you can't even see one side of the goalpost now because you don't know where it's going to be in January, February, March, April, May, or whatever it might be from next year. So like, the work that you have to do is worthwhile doing it because you're keeping your clients on board and saying, look, don't worry, I'll try and source something for you. But do you ever get frustrated that you do all this work and then all of a sudden, bang, it's gone. And the whole thing has been closed out again just after you're getting the whole thing like, reorganized. Listen, like I, I spent the last two years doing this and reorganizing and reorganizing and 90% of the time it's for nothing. But mm. if you don't have it ready to go and there's that 10% possibility it happens, and it happens, you'd be left behind. So essentially, like, sure, I went a year creating trips thinking, ah, oh, we don't need another month or two of this, a month or two of this. And most trips were just ended up being deleted because, like, they were never going to happen. Um, and mm-hmm. what happens is more people are booking and booking and booking. Um, but as I say, like, the, the main part of this is that I just, I can't begin to thank people, if anyone of my clients are listening, of how understanding people have been through this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 biggest positive you can take out of this is that you know as frustrating as it is if i get a message from someone and say you know bernard listen put, put put away the phone put away the computer go take a few photos enjoy the christmas you know my life's not going to change in the next week your life's not going to change don't beat yourself up i will get to norway with you at some stage and when it happens mm-hmm. it happens but for now mm-hmm. forget about it you know mm-hmm. i'm not going anywhere you're not going anywhere norway's not going anywhere it's messages like that and I've got a lot of them like hundreds of them you know over the last couple of years and I tell you like one thing if there's anything that's ever going to cheer you up it's how understanding people are you know and look you know you've built up a huge mental resilience over the last year believe it or not even that you've having to deal with all these different complexities and manage the expectations of your clients but also don't think you know the client's point of view like they were looking at this as their getaway, their escape from reality. And that's been the rug from pulling underneath there. So there's disappointment there as well. But it's about saying, I'll get there and I want to get there with you. So like we just touched on a moment ago in regards to this, you know, this epidemic of mental health issues that's going to be coming down the line. But there's nothing being put there in place for people to understand these things. There's nothing. There's no guidebooks being out there. There's nothing in resources in relation to it. And I think that's where we're going to have the problem because like, your mind will wander at the best of times. But now you put so much uncertainty into it. Like everybody likes to know where they are. Everybody likes to know what's happening. But more importantly, you everybody needs something to look forward to. Yeah. And like, you know, we're coming up to Christmas now. And again, like, you know, people are, well, once I get over Christmas now, January will be fine. But like even already, 
they're saying be ready because January is going to see the biggest numbers we've seen ever. And I mean, that then is just putting more anxiety into the, to the general population. Yeah. And outside of that then is where, like, how can people learn and develop the skills themselves when they don't even know what skills they need to develop yeah. and what's going to be coming that they need to overcome in the next couple of weeks. And, and you know, the, 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 the mad thing about it is as well, right? Because, you know, I'm looking at obviously options and the possibility of having to sign on to the PUP again, you know, in the very near future. And the, the sickening part about it is not only now if you go and apply for the PUP, but from what I can see on the website is they're not going to, you know, base it on your, you know, you've lost your, business temporarily or your work temporarily they're also going to make you go into the post office and fucking collect it wow do you know what i mean like listen i've never been on the dole right and if you're on the dole you're on the dole it's not really you know my, any of my business but mm-hmm. do i personally want to be seen to go into the post office to collect a couple of hundred quid you know on a temporary basis number one the nearest post office is half an hour from me right so yeah. you're already struggling financially and mentally you know, already without having to drive half an hour in, half an hour home, you know, wasting more money, fuel and queue and and it's more of a risk. And like, you know, it's, it's just crazy. And then you have the other side of it. Then you have people ringing you from their offices in Cork saying, well, have you looked for other work? And I'm like, yeah, because I would look so well going and looking for another job after I put my life into this business, a successful business Mm -hmm. only for it to be taken away temporarily by COVID. These people think you're sitting at home doing nothing. They mm. think you're, mm-hmm. well, if you're not on a tour, you're not doing nothing. They don't see the work going into your website or your social media or you're dealing with emails, clients, flights, uh, your your revenue things and stuff like that. And it's it's just, it, they're on another planet. And, you know, are you looking for, would you get another job? Oh, yeah, because I go on and get another job down the road and, you know, next thing, the flick of a switch everything opens up again and I have to go and leave that job and go back to doing my tours only to be probably shut down again. And then mm-hmm. where does that leave me? I've just walked out of a job. Like it's easy for someone who's getting a pay packet every week, no matter what, you know, to yeah. dictate to you how you should live your life and how, where you yeah. should focus your energy. But the reality of it is, and I've always said this, I'm not big into politics, but I think the, polit- uh, the polit- politics in Ireland should be made up, and, and probably everywhere, should be made up of 50% public and 50% private. At least there's mm. somewhat bit of, you know, um, of, of, you know, sense in there, maybe. Um, like, you know, at the end of the day, our politicians are getting paid more than the US president. And that says it all. And look, you've got politicians as well, and no offense to anybody that's in any of these, business, any of these professions like that, that are teachers, or Vradker is a doctor and a doctor should be using his time to actually help people instead of coming up with these whack job ideas that are out there. I mean, there's nobody there in a business acumen to understand the implications of what they are pushing on the, the country, the citizens of the country and what the impacts not only today, but what are the impacts of this? Like how much is COVID costing us? How much is all this costing the, the, the nation? The, like, the, there's nothing the, consideration there. At the end of the day, we were told a year ago the schools were not the cause. And then all of a sudden, September came, October came, November came. We had this massive spike, which they cannot blame on Omicron because these were spiking before that. You know, so mm-hmm. now they're saying the schools aren't safe. And, you know, before the panto was cancelled, don't bring your kids to the panto. You know, and the reality yeah. was me, you and 10 other people could go for a pint, but your child was told not to go on a play date with his friend, you know, so 
like I get it's a new disease and stuff. And listen, we we really shouldn't dwell on it too much, you know. Um, for sure, for sure. But it, but, but it is it is a big factor, Bernard. It's, it's a, a huge factor. factor. Listen, at the moment, you know? it, it's a huge factor. You're just being spun absolute spiel, and I get they need to do certain restrictions, but some of the stuff like is just it's like the nine euro meal. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah, it would have been that. as well off just closing the pubs, really, right? Because Closing them at five is one thing. That was a bit silly. But closing them at eight, that does bring people out for a few hours. And then, you know, ah, sure, it's eight o'clock. The night's still young. Sure, 12 of us will bail, bail back to such and such's house, you know. Now, I do enjoy an old pint or whatever, and I do want to see the pubs open. I think the best place to be in a controlled environment while drinking is the pubs. You know, I think mm-hmm. by closing them at eight, you're just actually going to cause a bigger problem. Um, but Absolutely. me personally, we just they should have stayed as they were, you know. And... Well, I. I think that the reason why they closed the pubs at eight o'clock now is because they were fearful in relation to New Year's Eve and what's going to happen at the whole famous 12 o'clock. You know, it's going to be 12 o'clock. Pubs are closing at 12 o'clock. How yeah. are you going to celebrate New Year's Eve? All you're doing exactly, as you say, there is pushing people into a house party, which people want to celebrate the New Year. They want to get rid of, they wanted to get rid of 2020. They weren't allowed to do that. No, they want to get a 2021. You're not allowed to do that either. Well, so like the, the, here, here's the way to look at it right now. Listen, I'm no expert on this, by the way. Um, but it's, I suppose, fact over anything else. Like, the peak was coming, and they opened up the pubs and restaurants as the peak was coming, right? Mm-hmm. It didn't mm-hmm. get much worse. It really mm-hmm. didn't. Mm-hmm. And they're the first things to close down, right? The peak was coming before this, you know, this, this variant came in and stuff like that. And now they're closing down all of a sudden. And... Again, we don't know much about Omicron. I definitely don't. I don't You're either. Hearing things, it's more transmissible but milder to me mm-hmm. if that is the case. If, right? Again, I've no scientific evidence behind this, but just what you're hearing people from 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 different sources say, if it is that's to me is the the the, the variant you want. Right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we've we've opened up the pubs and restaurants as the cases were spiraling out of control and we've closed them when cases, uh, uh, hospitalizations and ICUs are down 10% in the last week. Yeah, and I think this is the thing about it, right? And just to go back to the the, the, the subject in relation to mental health, right? Now, I know I've mentioned this to you as well, you know, off air, but there, there's a flaw in the human psyche, right? And it's a very simple thing, is that you will remember the things that happen to you most less. So, the, for example, if I'm working with you and I tell you out of six days, Bernard, you're great by, you're fantastic, you know, and you'll take that for granted. And it's the one day I come in and they go, Bernard, that's shit. You'll remember that a lot more than all the six times I told you you were great. Now, flip side to this is we're now dealing with perpetual negativity. It's constant. Every single day you turn on the news, it's news of negativity, negativity, negativity. The opposite, it won't happen here, is that if you get one bit of good news that you're going to remember that. You're not going to remember that now because you're, you're so flooded with the same story, the same narrative, just a different spin in it. And I mean, like you say there in relation to hospital numbers, I think the main reason why all this is knee-jerk reactions is because, and it's not my opinion, it's fact, is our health system is not a very strong health system. So it doesn't have the capacity to be able to deal with these things. Well, right? it's been... So it's a case of... Yeah, it's, it's listen, what? it's, listen, again, I'm really not that too much into politics. I do have to keep an eye on certain parts of the news and restrictions and mm-hmm. announcements because of what I do. But... I do know for certain that, you know, we've been crying out for, you know, better quality hospitals and HSE 
uh, you know, for, capacity. For the last 30 years. Last 30 years since, you know, the st- Mary Harney and, you know. Yeah. Like, it's 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 fact at the end of the day, you know. Mm-hmm. It is. Put it this way, and there's look, there's more fact and evidence in that than there is in pubs and restaurants being super spreaders. And the other thing as well, look, and I mean, probably the last thing I'd say to you in relation to COVID is that, you know, we've been spun so many different tales that haven't come true in relation to it. Get the vaccine, you'll be perfectly fine. We can go back to normality. Get the second vaccine, we can go back to normality. Get your booster, we can go back to normality. I was listening on Pat Kenny there last week and um, Fradker was on. He said one thing, which was he got 1.2 million people in the country that have a third and fourth booster. I was like, what? Fourth booster? What are you talking about? Why are you talking about the third one right now? So I don't know where this fourth came from, but what does that tell you? That is something that, you know, we have been dealing with for a number of years in relation to flu jabs. Absolutely, you know, something it is that we have to be conscious and listen to the medical people. I'm not uh, anywhere in relation to qualified to talk in relation to that. But why not be open and honest here and say, lads, do you know what? Look, it's going to be among us here as it is. Get your vaccination and we'll try and live your life as much as we can. And we can try and help you to plan something out. But we can't it's, even do that now. Exactly. Like it is. And like, obviously, people have gone through tough times. These are the same. My mom is vaccinated and she had it fairly bad, you know. Exactly. Um, plus, on top of that was the isolation. Living with my dad, sleeping in separate rooms, my dad dropping the dinner at the door, didn't living in the same house, but not actually seeing her for 10 days. Wow. You know? Um, like there's the isolation part as well as the symptoms, but even like my parents, including my mom, is just like, you know, like we just you cannot. It's 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 not like listen. I have dozens of clients who are were super 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 nervous and super afraid, and they're like they've told me openly, oh Bernard, like you know, just don't care anymore, and. Not that they don't care, but they just realize, like, they're maybe not getting any younger. You know, like, at the end of the day, this is a time where we're able to do less. Mm-hmm. And time should mm-hmm. probably be slowing down a little bit, but actually time mm-hmm. is just flying. The last two Absolutely. years have flown. And it's okay for me, maybe mid-30s, you know what I mean? I can recover from this or, you know, but the younger side of it and the older side of it, you know, if you're younger, you're scared. If you're older, mm-hmm. you're not getting them two years back. And it's probably going to be another year again. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like, you know, what can we do? What can we do to help people around us, Bernard? I mean, look, you know, like we've kind of started out here in relation to the whole importance of, you know, understanding mental health, first and foremost, <laughs> and the challenges that are there. Like, what can we do as human beings? Like we can reach out to the people that we know and ask them, are you OK? Now, there's a stigma in relation to it. I'm grand, I'm grand, I'm grand. But how do you break down that barrier? How do you actually get people to go, you know what? I'm not OK. Uh, I think what I like, so this is a kind of phrase I go by and it's just treat people as, as they're a banana, right? Okay. And peel them back one bit at a time and just get to know them, get to see what they're thinking and just use their experiences to help you and use your experiences to help them. And it is the, mm-hmm. the same cliche, you know, talk to your friends and stuff. And if there's one thing and all the lads, Jesus, like, you know, Max Snap, Keen, Declan, Eric, Ruben, Ian, Anto, Milo, and the, Keith Arkins, the list goes on, right? Mark Fletcher, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel like I need to nearly name them all now, but like, just, I've never met such a good group of people like that I have through photography and clients as well that are just always there for you. Like, and you'll always be there for them. And I think that's very important. But, you know, like something a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, well, a few weeks ago happened. I was in Kong getting a coffee 
and I was sitting outside and there was this woman that she didn't have like a vaccine sort of anything. So she just put the head in the door and says, can I get a coffee? And your man says, yeah, no bother. And uh, gets a coffee anyway. And, you know, she was uh, gone. She sat outside as well in another chair and she went to pay. And your, your man says, oh, we, we, we don't, we, they don't take cash at the moment, right? Which is fair enough. Mm-hmm. It's a bit mad, but they don't take cash. They only take card. She says, I've no card with me. I've only cash. And he said, no, it's grand. And she goes, I, I'll, I'll drop it down later on. I promise. I promise. And she was, you could tell she was that kind of worried, you know? Yeah. So like she went and sat back down anyway. And I went in, put on my mask, went in to pay. And I said, listen, just say nothing. But that woman there, just, I'm going to pay for her coffee. But I says, mm-hmm. if you're going to tell her, you'll obviously have to tell her because she's going to, maybe she'll come back and pay. And you have to tell her not to come back and pay. But do not tell her until I'm gone. And mm-hmm. I just went on. And I seen another thing literally on Facebook just today, actually, where this woman in, in on the on one of the Killarney pages on Facebook put up a thing how basically, and you could, you could tell by the way it was worded, it was desperation. It was like, guys, my daughter lost her 25 euros Christmas money in the car park of Tesco's today. Do you know if anyone maybe found it or anything because they please please get it back you know mm-hmm. um you know she's devastated and some guy just literally puts in just left 50 quid behind the counter and tesco's for her have a good christmas like there you go those are financial things but they're very like what's very little for for me and you could be major for someone else so just just being that little bit more conscious and, and just be kind of wary and, and and open to how people's like what I like doing at Christmas is going in around Dublin city with about 50 quid in my pocket full of fibers and just giving it to different people. And mm-hmm. it's, it's not mm-hmm. something I'm going to spread around on social media and stuff. And I've done it for the past four or five years. It does give me a sense of enjoyment and it's, you'd be surprised how many hugs you get and, and thank yous to from normal people who, you know, I don't know from Adam, you know, maybe mm-hmm. they're into drugs, maybe they're not, maybe they've fallen on hard times, maybe they haven't. And they're just chancers. I don't know, but the amount of positive reactions I've got from that by just going and giving 10 different people five quid, it's just unreal, you know? And so just be conscious of people around you. And, you know, if you do hear a, a bit of a story about someone, you know, you know, earwigging or whatever, or you just know a friend that maybe just down a little bit or has maybe recently lost, a, lost someone, you know, be it a relationship or, you know, a family member to COVID even, you know, just just be mm. wary and just drop them a message and you know ask them if they want to go for a drink or a bit of grub yes before eight o'clock but just encourage them like cal the other day didn't want to go to the Glenmore lodge and stay at night it wasn't feeling good but giving him that push he needed to come down and said one of the best nights he's ever had you know mm. and ends up spending mm. 210 quid on drink with declan <laughs> and had an amazing time and the two lads you know Declan was on to me the day after how funny Cal was and Cal was on the, you know, telling me how funny Declan was. And they yeah, didn't really yeah. know each other before that. And, and, and that's going to make a big difference to them because now they're messaging and sharing uh, flashbacks on, on WhatsApp, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. just little things, little things. And I, I think the most important part there from that is just to reach out to people, do you know? Ask them, how are things? Do you want to go for a, a coffee? I mean, even on that, somebody may not have been asked to go for a coffee in months. And that's like the simple, simple situation, a simple little gesture. It doesn't even have to be financial. It's an ear for somebody to listen to yeah. in relation to the challenges. And I liked your analogy of the banana, because when you said about the banana, I said, OK, when you peel back the banana, it's a softy inside. And we're all a softy inside. 
Unless it's one of those green ones <laughs> and, yeah, and it's exactly, in the fridge. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, we are all soft inside. And at the Listen, end of the day, you put up, you put up a hard exterior. If, but yeah, it's have that conversation and open up. Even you're opening up from your own point of view to somebody. I, I have just back. opened up more times than I ever care to imagine I would have in the last few months to strangers, friends, mm-hmm. here tonight, mm-hmm. possibly in the podcast, yeah. um, about how I felt. And, like, you know, at the end of the day, I probably would have thought it was weakness, you know, and, and now I don't. It's, it's complete it's opposite, and it's it's such a cliche as well, and it, they're all cliches, but they probably shouldn't be. Um, but just literally don't be afraid. And, you know, if, if, if you do have a friend, you know, that's that's in a bit of bother, don't approach and say, here, talk to me. You know, just as mm-hmm. I say, use that banana and fucking peel them back. Peel them back, yeah. and I'm telling you, they will, they will open up, and an hour later, it's going to be bang, and that just opens the floodgates then. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. absolutely. And look, be there for one another. Do you know, uh, uh, another um, another little tip, right? Another, another little tip, right? Um, that's what I found helps me. So, if you feel a little bit down and you will openly go and talk to a friend, say I'm feeling a bit down and I'm going to talk to you, but I'm a bit skeptical. What I actually found here's the funny thing is think, uh, just play a couple of songs that make you feel emotionally happy or emotionally sad, and it gets you either in that state of happiness where you want to share something good. Or it gets you in that emotional state where you're willing to open up, you know, because you're 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 feeling vulnerable, you know, mm-hmm. and that's just a little thing that works for me. I, I fully agree with you on that, actually, because you know we're all vulnerable at the end of the day, Bernard. And I mean, look, we're all human at the end of the day. We all have exactly the same emotions at the end of the day. So, like Ray Keen, ha ha, at the end of the day. But like we are yeah. at the end of the day, all exactly the same. And. Whether or not you can admit it to yourself is the first step, but it's hard to say to somebody, you know what, I'm not okay, and I need to be able to say something, you know, get something off your chest. And you probably will find that the person that you're talking to has exactly the same thoughts, feelings, and emotions as you. So, because we're not all, we're not different, you know. I have so, like, again, I could, like, we could go on with this for hours, right? So, I had a girl on a workshop in Dingle a few weeks ago, and it was amazing. We got the winter conditions that we were after and the huge waves. But she forgot her charger for her camera, right? And then, and, and actually, this is another thing, actually, where someone can help. She she had a Nikon. She forgot her charger. She only had two batteries, and it was a Nikon 3400, so the batteries don't last that long. But one of the other guys had a spare Nikon. You know, and different batteries. But he said, listen, I'll let you use this Saturday. You know, and... I will need it Sunday because that's the lens, that's the camera for my long lens. So, mm-hmm. and the waves are going to be there. So for Saturday, she had her two batteries on the Friday. She had a camera, his camera with a charger and batteries on the Saturday. And then the Sunday, I just said, I'm putting my camera in aperture and we're going to underexpose ever so slightly. Here's a tripod. Here's my Sony with the 200 to 600. Have fun. And like, it's all those little things. Like she went from not like thinking her weekend is ruined to like mm-hmm. going home mm-hmm. ecstatic. And she actually mm-hmm. said like, oh, I'm so stupid. Like, Jesus, leaving my, my bloody, you know, battery charger. Ba- charger at home. Like, you know, like how, how stupid. And I was like, listen, the way to look at that is like, you think now you're the only one that's ever left your charger at home. But the reality of it is any situation you've ever got yourself into, be it good or bad, you can be guaranteed you're not the first person for that exact situation. And she yeah. actually got on and she Googled like little forums and stuff about people forgetting batteries and chargers and SD cards. And she was like, oh, <laughs> you're right. There's 
thousands of people with things on forums online. And I was like, I told you. So mm. whatever we do, like we're never like we're there's very rarely anything now that you can do that's new, right? That you're mm. the first person mm. to do such and such. So generally leaving all these kinds of stuff, chargers, SD cards, there will be thousands of others that have done it. So don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah. And look, you know, even go back to what you said at the beginning about how people being anxious and stuff like that. Everybody has the same things. I mean, she would have been anxious to go, oh, geez, I forgot my charger. I can't say it. Like these are falsenesses that we build up in our own mind, which aren't a reality. And just turn around and go, you know what? I need help. And that might be help in relation to a charge, might be helping into a camera equipment, or more importantly, it got to do with you, who you are. Yep. And I think it's important that we, you know, even if from a summary point of view in a Bernard, you know, like we talk in relation to how we feel more often, be it good, bad, or indifferent. And then that becomes your own narrative that you're able to repeat in your own head, as opposed to not being able to share it with somebody. And now you're just listening to more negativity, more negativity. And then all of a sudden you've gone into that spiral of negativity and it's much harder to go back up those 10 steps when in actual fact, when you were only two steps down that, that, that stairway and I turned to Bernard and said, Bernard, you know what? I'm not feeling good. All right, come on, let's go do something. Even yeah. go, let's grab a coffee, let's go for a walk, you know, go to the beach, you know, go yourself in relation to it. But it's important to just nip it early in the bud yeah. Um, because it's much easier to be able to bring it back up to the level that you need to be at. And I think more importantly for me is, you know, share your feelings with well, people. Like a few weeks ago, and I, I understand we're running an hour and a half now, but I think people will probably enjoy this and, you know, plenty, plenty of time to listen to it over the Christmas. But even a, a few weeks ago, I wasn't feeling myself. And, you know, again, I'm very lucky to have so many people around me. And I, I just rang Milo and Declan and happened to be a Formula One race on. And this was like Thursday. And, do you know what? I, I I actually, I just, I just wasn't feeling myself and I'd kind of plans and I just, I said, I couldn't go through with them. I just wanted to kind of take a different approach to the weekend. And I said to, to, to Milo, listen, you know, fancy coming over. And I didn't let on anything was wrong. And he came over anyway mm-hmm. on the Friday, the Friday evening, we went down to Clonbur local village, just down the road. And we got a bit of grub and we spent the whole bit of, you know, food in, in the pub chatting. Mm-hmm. general chit chat about our experiences and you know Milo obviously being a bit older was able to give a little bit of of, of kind of further advice his experience you know yeah. so and, and that's what the whole the whole meal was about was us talking there was no talk about photography football nothing it was just about us and mm-hmm. then of course Declan came down on the Saturday and sure you know it was just great crack and it lined up for a great weekend and I, I went into the you know weekend feeling a lot better after having the, the few chats at Milo and so it's just not to be afraid not to be afraid mm-hmm. to talk and mm. if you don't feel comfortable talking to a friend, just talk to a stranger. Like there'll be strangers popping in and out of your life. You know, everyone wants to talk now. You go to a, a shop now and if it's not that busy and, you know, you, you give in your can of Coke or whatever and you say, just grand weather. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Just terrible COVID, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, and and a, a conversation can develop so quickly, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, and, and the other side to it too, though, is, you know, you ask somebody, how are things? Ah, grand. That's yeah. that's the general answer, do you know. Um, and like rarely, I think, would someone turn and go, do you know what? It's absolutely diabolical. I'm yeah. in a in in an awful place at the moment. I've had nobody to talk to about it in the last number of months, and I'd love somebody just to be able to listen to my issues. Yeah, and and because mo- everybody's internalizing their own issues, thinking that they're their own, but they're that person that you're talking to has gone through the same thing more than likely. Yep, a hundred percent, absolutely.
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, Bernard, I have enjoyed this conversation. It's a kind of a Christmas conversation with a difference in reality because I think it is something that's a conversation that needs to be had. I think it's a conversation that, you know, everybody will, I hope, get something from and relate to most of what we've spoken about, if not all of what we've spoken about. Because, you know, there's a number of things, like I said, that people can learn from when they look at it and realize and say, you know what, I need to get some help from a therapy point of view or what I even maybe your friends can be your therapy. You know, somebody that you don't know could be a lot easier to speak to than somebody who you know. Because, oh, what are they going to think to me? Going to, as you say, am I going to be perceived as weak? That's grand. It's easy for me to say it's somebody that doesn't know who I am or whatever it may be. But we're yeah. human at the, the end the, of the day. Listen, you know? From my experience, and, and I would have had a pretty close mind um, to it. You know, I wouldn't have often opened up too much. But from my experience, like literally 100% of people I've spoke to, and it could be 50 people about different things, have all come back with experiences of their own and all of a sudden you've not one problem you know have you've two because they're opened up to you then as well you know so i think it's i think it's really important and you know just i suppose i'll I'll end with just i hope everybody has a, a great christmas and if christmas isn't your thing reach out to a friend personally me um i'm going to be at home in newbridge with my parents christmas day and mm-hmm. if someone should want to just just not do anything, you know, I'm going to be literally, I've kept a real open mind for the next few weeks and I'm willing to take off, you know, Christmas night somewhere mm-hmm. to take photos. Stephen stayed 27, 28. So if someone is in a bit of a bit of bother and, and would like to just kind of have a shoot maybe on Stephen's day or whatever, you know, feel free to, to, to reach out. Absolutely. And I think that's important, you know, I mean, like Christmas can be that, that, that lull period between Christmas and New Year as well is also another challenging yeah. time because we yeah. build ourselves up to Christmas Day with all these high expectations. And then it comes to Christmas morning, you're like, all right, it's done. Have the dinner. What am I going to do yeah, now? Fall asleep on the couch. And what am I going to do after that? Wait till I go back to work in the start of January. So I think that lull period is an important one, I think, for a lot of people as well, just to you know reach out. And I think one other point that I kind of finish on that as well is um, there are a couple of resources that are available online. I mean, there's one there, which is the mentalhealthireland.ie. Uh, They've got some good resources there for people to be able to uh, look into and just to see, you know, like I'm not alone in relation to it. I have these issues and these challenges, but they're not as big as what I'm making them out to be. And I can get assistance in dealing with them. So look, I'll put the link to that in the in the show notes and stuff as well, because it is important for people to know that there is others there that will listen. Um, and it is okay to not be okay, you know. 100%. And as well, just one, one very last thing is, you know, when we talk about we should be grateful, we should be happy, we should, like, uh, you know, I would have thought to myself, I should be way happier. Like, sure, look at my job. You know, I've got a good healthy family I've got a beautiful dog you know like I live in Connemara I should be this and I should be that but actually we shouldn't be anything you know we shouldn't be anything we shouldn't be happy because we have materialistic things you know we should just should just be who we are and be how we feel and be human and we should or shouldn't be anything else and you know if you have everything in the world you know well you know, if you're still not happy, it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. And look, you know, outwardly is one thing. Inwardly is more important. And like, you know, you look at people out there that would be the biggest entertainers 
and they're the happiest people on an outwardly basis, but internally they're not. And yeah, I think Robin, that's where Robin Williams. There you there go. You go. Nothing perfect, else needs perfect. said. Nothing yeah, else. Perfect else example. Needs said, you know. Yeah. Yeah, perfect example. All right, look, Bernard, I've really enjoyed the chat. Um, yeah, hopefully you have a good Christmas. I'll try and meet up with you if I can. Um, but obviously it's challenging for me to get out because of the kids. But yeah, I'll try and to Wicklow. meet up need with to get you. get you to Wicklow to these waterfalls. Yeah, I do. I do need to get to Wicklow. So maybe around Christmas will be a nice time for me to be able to lose my cherry in the Wicklow waterfalls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say pop it. No, it's all right. <laughs> no, but it was, so look, it was great to chat. Absolutely. Uh, really, I'm delighted to get this kind of chat off my chest because obviously I've been a few weeks or probably even a couple of months, you know, yeah. in, the, in the making yeah. now. So it feels good to, to get it out there. Yeah, look, it was really, really good. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'd love to hear your comments as well, look, uh, you know, on the Instagram or on our Facebook group and such like that. And, um, yeah, thanks for a very good year from the Irish Photography Podcast, and I'll see everybody next year in 2022. Bernard, we'll get it back on as well in 2022, I think, as well, also. Yep, Darren, absolutely no problem. And everybody, happy Christmas. And, uh, yeah, enjoy the turkey and ham and the few beers. And if you feel like going to take a few photos, do. If you don't, don't. Simple. Exactly. All right. Thanks a million, bye. Shalom Gafol, everybody. Shalom Gafol. Hey, guys. If you dig what you're hearing, why don't you jump over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a five-star rating, and don't forget to share with your friends. With all that done, we'll see you next week. And remember, keep shooting.